This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing today, Brandon? You know, Ricky, it's actually been a really awful day, but uh, for the most part, uh, right now, I'm doing okay. Can I make your day even a little bit better? Uh, I think you probably could. A little bit? I think you probably could. College football gets back underway this Friday. I know, and isn't it great? I'm excited. I I am really excited. I'm, I'm kind of on two edges here, because I can't wait to get the college season started, but I'm kind of upset that I have to sit through Hawaii and Cal before I get good games. Well, I was going to say, you know, I'd be even more excited if that wasn't the opening game because, hey, you know what? It may end up being a pretty good game, but it's two teams that I don't think really are going anywhere this year. So it would have been nice maybe. I I, I like that they put the Florida State and Ole Miss game on Monday night, but you almost want to say, eh, it would have been fun to have maybe kicked off with a game like that. That would have been the – can you imagine Florida State – Old Miss to start the season. I mean, oh, you got Chad Kelly going up against fucking Dalvin Cook and his boys. But we got to wait until Monday. That's like the VT Ohio State game for this year. But that ended up being a pretty good game, at least for the first half. No, it did. And then uh, Bra- Action Braxton did his uh, Madden 16 move, and it was all over from there. And just a quick reminder to everyone listening on SoundCloud that if you're listening on SoundCloud as of October 1st, no longer going to be on SoundCloud. We are going to move to blogtalkradio.com backslash primetime podcast. But we got a jam-packed show for you guys today. Going to be talking some Notre Dame fighting Irish with some recent suspensions and some other rulings that may come down for other players. Then we're going to be talking about the USC Trojans giving Max Brown the starting job two weeks before their opener against the Roll Tide, Alabama Crimson Tide. And then we're going to end the podcast talking about some college football sleepers for this upcoming season. But, Brandon, we are going to start in South Bend. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish have dismissed two players from their team in senior safety Max Redfield and then senior quarterback Devin Butler. Butler's just uh, out indefinitely. Okay. He, so, is, he, is, not, he is not suspended. So Redfield, He's out indefinitely, but... Butler was injured anyways for the mm-hmm. first month. He was going to be out anyways. And like, okay, so Redfield's out. He, then you got Butler suspended indefinitely. Then there's four other players. You got Tavon Cooney. You've got Kevin Serafin, Ashton White, and Dexter Williams. We don't know what's going to happen with them. Those are they were involved, but we're we're going to leave them to uh, to to be done, like get a suspension or whatever inside the system. They're going to handle them in the system. And for Kevin, I think it's Kevin Steverson. Steverson. Ke- Kevin Steverson. Steverson. Kevin Stefferson. I, I think it's You're Steverson. You're there to catch me when I'm fall when I'm falling, Brandon. You're there to catch me. Just just like a cloud, yep. like you're falling a cloud. Nice I clean think, fall. I think I'd fall through a, cra- a cloud because of my weight, but uh, yeah, you're there to catch me. <laughs> yeah, I, I may <laughs> drop you because of your weight. You never know. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> don't fall too hard. But uh, you know, you kind of talk to, and I want to. I want to kind of get your point on this because mm-hmm. I, I think that what. Notre Dame has done. It's good. They've come out with a statement. They've taken some action, but I already know that you're not okay with it because it reminds you too much of Alabama, and I want to get your take. Oh, it is. A, the, the The two sides of this is Alabama is a school with a football team that also has academics. Notre Dame is an academic institution that sometimes has a football team. That's the only difference in these two situations because, to me, Notre Dame and Coach Kelly – did the exact same thing that Alabama did, what, a a month ago when we're talking about Cam Robinson and everything he got into. And the reason why I say that is I look at a guy like Max Redfield and then I look at Butler. Like you said, Butler had an injury. Probably wasn't going to play much this season. Then you have a guy like Redfield who has been in trouble in the past. Two senior guys who are done after this season – it's just easy to let you go. We're just going to suspend you, get rid of you indefinitely. You're easy to get cut loose. The other guys, underclassmen, sophomores, freshmen. These are guys, oh, what could you do for me in the future? One of them in Cooney, who 
is right now I'm looking at rlads.com where I look at them for all the depth chart needs that I use for this podcast. That's not a sponsorship, people. I just really think that these guys, they keep an up-to-date, up-to-date depth chart, and that's what I want for you guys for the information I'm talking about. Right now they have Tavon Cooney as the number one outside linebacker, one of the number one outside linebackers for Notre Dame. So to me, it sounds kind of fishy that, oh, these two seniors, we're going to get rid of them. Yeah, whoa, they're bad. We're tough guys. Look at what we did. Yeah, we we laid the law down. We laid it down. But what about these other four players, huh? Oh, oh, don't look at them because they could actually do for, something for you in the future. Well, Ricky, they are going to be uh, subject to internal disciplinary action, and we don't know what the, we don't know what that is. As Ricky does the I air hit, quotes, as I hit my mic. But I, you know, I think that uh, you do sometimes have to leave it up to the to the coach and to the university to be able to deal with their players sometimes internally. And I think that that's exactly what they were doing at Alabama. Then why and, not do it for all of them? Well, because, you know, I think that part of it may be that some people were more involved than others. Some may have had a more, played more of a role in it than others. And I think it sounds like for for Redfield and for Butler, maybe it was, you know, just, maybe it's because of other things that may have happened that weren't brought up. And it was, because we don't, sometimes we don't know internal things. There may be internal things where the coach is like, you know what? This is your last chance. You are on your last strike. If you have one more, you, mm-hmm. you're off this team. You're off this team. And it may be for things that happen at practice. It may f- be for attitude. It may be for those types of things that you don't necessarily always hear about, which is why on something like this, you don't really get the full story. You get the story of what happened. You don't necessarily get what's that going, what's that internal disciplinary measure going to be? What happened in the past necessarily that made him want to get rid of Redfield or made him feel like it was necessary to get rid of Redfield and then Butler have him out for an indefinite suspension? With Butler's suspension, it makes sense to me because he wasn't going to be able to play for the first month anyways. That is an indefinite suspension. You have a couple of games, four games in that month. You know, that's that's an indefinite suspension. Hopefully you're back from it already, but you weren't going to be able to do anything anyway. So that I you know, that that's like good, smart thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe where he was going. Maybe not. But I think that for the other guys, sometimes your involvement or lack thereof, sometimes that leads to what type of punishment are you going to receive from the school? Their name's already linked to something that that's not good. And that is why there has to be punishment brought. But I think that. It's good sometimes to be able to say, hey, you know, you were the person who had the drugs. You were the person who had the uh, unregistered gun. This is on you. You participated very closely. That's also on you, too. Okay, you were with them. That's, you know, it's sometimes wrong place, wrong time, wrong person you're hanging out with. And I think that that's when you, for these younger guys, maybe they don't know as, as, maybe they don't know better yet. You know, you would think, okay, yes, they're young adults, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, Ricky, you and I were in college. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know that for, for me personally, for uh, certain things, you know, there would be write-ups or this or that. I got written up two times my freshman year. I got written up two times my freshman year. Sophomore, junior, senior, didn't get written up again. And it's not necessarily because I didn't do that stuff. It's because I was smart. They just need to learn to be smart. And just and, get away with it. Well, not necessarily, but but you know what I'm saying though. It's it's about it's I it's about being it's about being smart about what you're doing. You can have fun, you can have a good time, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. I, I mean, when I talk a clean good time, I mean people are going to drink. You're going to drink when you're in college. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay as long as you're not reckless, as long as you're not getting behind the wheel of a car mm-hmm. anytime. But you just need to be smart about the choices that you're making and realize that there are consequences with them. Whatever you want to do, there's good and there's positive and negative consequences mm-hmm. with everything. And people may disagree with what I just said in the sense of, Brian, are you promoting this, this, and this? No, I'm not. Am I promoting having? Am I promoting having fun in college? Absolutely. But I don't think that getting marijuana and having a registered or unregistered gun is really fun. That's starting to get to the point of, okay, you know, you're you're possibly borderline criminal well, right there. You're not Could promoting be. it, but I do I'm gonna start by saying I understand what you're saying and I do understand where you're coming from because out of our experiences in college, you were actually on the college campus. You were living in the dorms while I was commuting each and every day to college, living at home through college, because 
it was fucking cheaper and fucking home-cooked meals. Who could turn that down? But I'm going to start the next thought that I have with this kind of a saying. I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night, Brandon. I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But to me, it's kind of an all facade. It's like, oh, well, you know what? It's fine to have fun. It's okay to have this. I can understand why they why they did this and why they do this internally. But for me, I'm sitting there going every single move when we get up to that D1 level, whether it's Notre Dame, Alabama, Illinois, Indiana, whether it's Ohio State, it's Michigan, it's Oregon, even if it's fucking Hodunk, Texas, which it's a team nobody fucking cares about. It's all about the football decision. How many times this season? Baylor. Football. They put the football first. We look at Alabama. Put the football first. This is, That isn't even the first time Alabama's done it. They've had a left tackle in the past get in trouble. Oh, we're going to suspend the other two. But, hey, coach, what about the left tackle? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't pay attention to him. We're not as deep at left tackle, so we need him. That's what I'm seeing here. This was a football decision. It was two seniors that, hey, we we can we can manage not having these seniors on the field. We can take the rest of these guys, deal with it, and I'm using air quotes internally, which basically means we're just going to give them a slap on the wrist so that they can play week one because we got to beat Texas week one. That's what I'm thinking, and that's what it is. It's now me coming to, it's not the argument of, oh, this is wrong, because yes, it is wrong. It's just me kind of, after the Alabama thing, now seeing this, it's just kind of a, this is how the hot dog is made. This is how it's made. You got to live with it. That's what it is. But I think, though, too, is that you look at the guys who are going to get internal uh, disciplinary measures taken against them. It's three sophomores and one freshman. They still have time to be able to learn. It's not necessarily to learn. Then why it's not, not give necessarily them one year suspensions? Why not give them year suspensions? They're a only year so- suspension, Ricky. That does wait, not make wait, sense. Wait, what I'm saying is they, and the reason why I throw it a year suspension is they're only sophomores and a freshman. So if you give them a year suspension, that's basically the same thing you're doing to Max Redfield because he's only got one year left. You just suspended him for one year. He's done. So why not do the same for the others? They still have potentially two to three years left in their college career to learn not to make this mistake again. You didn't suspend Max Redfield for the year. You kicked him off the team. You dismissed him from the team. So He's not part of the team. His year's done. What are teams going to take him? That's what I'm saying. His year's done, whether you kicked him off or just suspended him. But there's, I know, but there's... It's it's a connotation. It's it's you know it's the connotation because another thing too. Why would you just suspend these guys for a whole year? That does not make sense. That does not make sense to me whatsoever. I think that they've done exactly what they've needed to do. Internal again, we don't know what internal disciplinary measures mean. We don't know what that means. What do you think it means? What do I think it means? Mm-hmm. I think it means you're doing a whole lot extra outside of what everyone else is doing. I think that you're having to work that much harder to prove you want to be part of Notre Dame football and that you're going to respect this university. I think it's a lot a lot of those things that we may not see because guess what? We don't need to see it. The media doesn't need to see mm-hmm. it because the school is saying we're going to take care of it. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to take care of it. You don't need to see what we're going to do. You just need to know we're going to do something. And I think for these young guys, they still have a chance to be able to mold them into mature young men, which at freshman and sophomore, I mean, you like to think you're mature at that age. Hell, you like to think you're mature right now at this age. But the thing I'm is, is that and I'm not mature yet. The thing is, is that guess what? That is what they're supposed to be doing. Suspending them for a year, I don't think does that. It doesn't do that, especially for a freshman and a sophomore. They're going to be, you know, cursing out, blah, blah, this and that, the other thing. That's not really teaching them. That's just kind of getting, that's just kind of proving to everyone that, guess what, I can suspend someone for a year. And I think that this is the way to, to deal with it because you haven't, they're not seniors. They haven't had the... You know, the the speeches over and over of, hey, this is how we do things, blah, blah, blah. This is what is expected. You know what's expected when you go into a program Mm -hmm. like that. But now they see it. Now they see what's expected. And they're going to learn what's expected and how they're supposed to act. You know what I mean? In that sense, there's no need for a suspension with those guys because Mm -hmm. they can still learn. Two things. First, 
I'm going to modify what I said. If you think the year, the year-long suspension's too long, you know what you do then? And this is to your point where you say, well, the school doesn't have to prove anything. It doesn't have to show to the media. I'm on the other side of, yeah, you kind of do. And I'm not saying that as a, like, I have to see because Ricky's the old high powerful being and he needs to see what's going on. It's more of a, you have to let us see it so that we don't come up with the, this is a football decision and you're only keep, you're dealing with it internally so that you can get these guys on the field so you don't lose games and basically lose your job. That's the only reason why I think it has to be seen. If you don't like the one-year suspension, then here's what you do. You sit them all down and you say, gentlemen, you're suspended indefinitely. And the amount of time that this suspension is going to be is going to be based off of you. And like you said, how hard you work and prove that you want to be on this team. Maybe that's a better route. Say you're suspended indefinitely, and then that gives them an opportunity to say, you know what, it's on you now, and now you have to work to put on that golden helmet. Because that golden helmet, that jersey, that can't be, like, it's got to feel like you have to earn it. It can't be something that's handed to you. Because not everybody gets to put on that Notre Dame uniform each and every week. And it's kind of... When you say the whole, like, yeah, these guys are underclassmen, maybe they don't know what's expected of them. For three of them, okay, for the freshman who's Kevin Steverson, I'll I'll give him the pass. He's a freshman. He's basically coming right out of high school. But for the other three, yeah, you guys are sophomores, but you've been a part of this program for a year already. You should have at least a little bit in inkling of what this program's about. You should have at least an inkling of what the program's about. So that's why I don't give them a pass, but I'll give the freshman a pass because he's brand new to the program. And now if they would have come out and they would have said that, you know, Redfield is dismissed, Butler is suspended indefinitely, and then all of the other four were suspended indefinitely as well, going along the terms that you kind of were saying, then I don't think that's a bad thing at all. But I think right now at the, at at this point, and 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 if you know, I'm not upset the way they that they handled it with those mm-hmm. four. But if they would have said these four are also suspended indefinitely, indefinitely really is at the discretion of the team. Indefinitely could mean three weeks. Indefinitely mean, could mean, all right, they're now definitely going to play. You know, they're no longer indefinitely suspended. They've mm-hmm. almost like you said, they've almost proven themselves, proven yeah, proven th- themselves and proven themselves to us that they are committed um, to focusing on football, committed to focusing on football, committed to being a good steward off the field uh, for the university. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been upset with that either, but the way that they went about it, I'm still not upset with it. Well, the only reason why I'm upset about it is they suspend Redfield and Butler, and then it kind of seems like the university is kind of like, not pounding their chest, but it's kind of like, oh, look at us, we brought the hammer down. No, you really didn't bring the hammer down. You got, like I said, you got rid of two guys that don't really hurt you because, like I said, Redfield, you can say, well, he deserved it because he's been in trouble in the past. That's fine. So he's expendable. And then, like you said, and we mentioned earlier, Butler was injured, so he wasn't going to play for a month. So he's expendable. The other three have potential and can help you, and one's going to be potentially a starter this year. I think if they would have came out and said, you know what, he's kicked off the team, he's suspended indefinitely, and these four are also suspended indefinitely, that would be closer to laying the hammer down than what they did. This is a quote from from, uh, Brian Kelly. So he said, quote, the expectations we set for the members of our team are high. But they are especially so for the upperclassmen, who are expected to provide leadership and a positive example to the other members of the team. Max, and at least at this stage in the review of this case, Devin, have failed in that regard and so have lost the privilege of continuing to be part of our team, end quote. That's a huge part of it. These guys are the seniors. Those are the leader. That's the leadership. That's who the rest of the guys look up to. And that's why those guys 
were one, suspended indefinitely, and then dismissed from the team. Because if that's the type of leadership, it's not going to go well for the rest of the guys underneath them because that's what they're going to be looking up to. That's who they're going to be going out with. That's who they're going to be following along. And that's the type of example that's going to be set for them. And that then will continue to trickle down to everybody else that comes into the team after them. That's why a decision needed to be made the way it did with the upperclassmen at the top. But I also think that that's why they made the decision in the way they did for the underclassmen. That's exactly why I think they did it. We're going to handle the rest of them internally. These two, these were seniors. They knew better. They're done. But the rest of the the, the underclassmen, they should know better. But we have a chance because they'll be the leaders one day. Mm -hmm. We need to make them leaders now. And kind of my last thoughts on it. I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. I might have been born at night. But I wasn't born last night. That's just how I feel with it. It's easy to get rid of two guys who are a little bit more expendable than the other two. But you guys let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Whether you are listening to us on blogtalkradio.com or on YouTube, on our YouTube page. But we're going to move on into our next topic. And we're going to move from the Golden Domers to... One of their rivals in the USC Trojans who are actually going to be playing the Alabama Crimson Tide. See how I tied in all those teams we talked about in the first half right now in week one. And Coach Helton, Coach Clay Helton for the USC Trojans, Brandon, has named his starting quarterback, Max Brown, the guy we thought was going to get the nod does over Sam Darnold. And with you coming into week one, how important is this that they give the nod to Brown two weeks before that week one game? Well, I think it's important whether they were going to go with Brown or whether they were going to go with Darnold. I think that it's important to be able to name your starter so you can go ahead and practice of, okay, this guy's a starter. We know this guy's going to be the one that we're working with. Helps to get a better relationship with your receivers. Helps to just get really a better kind of gel with the entire offense. Uh, so I think that's really, really good. Uh, Max Brown, in his career, in 2014, he was 3 of 7 for 30 yards. In 2015, he was 8 of 12 for 113 yards. Clearly, he hasn't played a whole lot. But uh, he'll be looking to play a whole lot this season. And one nice thing that Coach Helton has said is that he does not want to go with a kind of platoon or committee look at quarterback. He's picked his quarterback. That's who he's going with. See, I like that. And the reason why I like that is I'm kind of on the belief that you need to just name your guy and go with him. When you start kind of playing that kind of like footsie, like, oh, I'm going to put my foot in the pool. Oh, it's too cold. I'm going to try to put my other foot in the pool. Then you mess with quarterback confidence. And it's like if you start Brown, oh, it's not working. We're putting another guy in. It can mess with Brown's confidence, the junior coming in. And really, we all thought he was going to be the guy to start anyways, right? He was going to be the guy to take this Trojan team, and hopefully with the help of Coach Helton and this new kind of image at Notre Dame, or not Notre Dame, USC, pardon me, bring it back to that kind of that prominence that we saw when Pete Carroll was there, when they had Matt Liner, when they had Reggie Bush, when they had Carson Palmer before them. Yeah, I think that uh, most people thought that Max Brown was going to be the guy to get this jab, and I think that most people thought that it was going to be a clean sweep. You know, Brown was going to come right in. You know, he was going to go, and it was going to be the offseason. He was going to go get the jab. It was going to be simple. But Darnold did a very nice job in camp, and a lot of people were impressed by him, and some people almost to the point where they thought, okay, maybe Darnold is going to get this job over Brown. However... Towards the end, Brown had one of his best days in practice, and that, I think, ultimately is what led to him being able to get the lockdown, the starting role. But I think it's good. I really think it's great being able to have a a quarterback in place a couple of weeks before your first game instead of going days before saying, all right, um, you, you'll, you're going to start. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that this is really good job by Coach Elton. He's, I think he's really trying to draw this team back in to kind of those days. I don't know if it'll, I don't want to say it'll ever, and I shouldn't say ever, but, you know, it hasn't been close to the, the Pete Carroll days in a very long time. It hasn't been close to that feel even around the team. And I think that that's one thing that 
Helton's trying to do. I think he's trying to make sure that this team is is a, a really tight ship. And I think that he's trying to make really good decisions, not trying to make any rash decisions or go with the popular vote. He's going with the guy who has performed the best. And I think that that's what he's doing right here, going with Brown. I, I hope that Max Brown uh, performs well. He's got, I think, pretty good talent around him. Uh, you know, he's got Juju to throw to, so that's going to be fun and exciting. I, I Always exciting. Oh, Juju is like the main thing that I'm going to stay up late to watch Trojan games just because of Juju. Just because I can't wait to watch him. And then after we get all of his film from this year, I can't wait to break his film down for draft next season. But like you got him, Adoree Jackson, they could use him in the receiving game, kind of playing both ways, cornerback, wide receiver as well. They, they've, they've got a pretty good team, USC does, and I think that being able to solidify the quarterback a couple of weeks before, going with Max Brown, again, mm-hmm. we've been saying it, so you, you guys know that it's Max Brown out there. I just think that that's a great decision, and I think, again, what I was trying to get to before is that Coach Todd Helton is really trying, really, really trying to bring this team back and and I said Todd Helton, I meant Clay, but Todd is his brother, obviously, mm-hmm. played for the Rockies. <laughs> Everyone knows that, right? No, I, I, I misspoke there. It's Clay Helton. But I really think he's trying to – there was so much crap around this team last year. Mm-hmm. He's, just trying to make well, it a, he's just trying to make it a clean season. It was com- – the crap that you're talking about from last year was just compounded because you say that, oh, well, this team hasn't been – back to what they used to be under Pete Carroll, but that's because, and I think USC fans are going to get upset if I don't mention this, so I'm going to go ahead and mention it. It was because of the sanctions you guys had post-Pete Carroll. I mean, he gets out of there early, woo, goes to the NFL. I'm going to, woo, got rid of that guy. Didn't have to uh, deal with those sanctions, and Pete did not, but the big one was you guys had the four-year probation from June of 2010 to June of 2014. I know you're saying, but Ricky, it's already 2016. Why aren't they back to being the best show in college football yet? Well, you had four years basically where other college coaches could go into recruits' houses and say, you don't want to play there. You're not going to the postseason. You don't want to play there. You're not going to do anything. Do you think that that is the biggest thing? Yeah. Do you do you no, think personally is. that's the biggest thing without them being without them actually having the the full talent and everything that surrounded them in the sense of coaching and all the drama that went well, there? Because I mean, it's kind of a double. It's well, both. because I was going to look at look at the yeah. other side. If you just look at the football side without without these without the sanctions and everything like mm-hmm. that. I mean, look at a couple of years ago. It was Oregon that was good. I think some teams are are were, are getting better in the Pac-12. You know, not a ton, but a couple outside of just USC. Because yeah. b- b- before, b- though, you have to, I think you have to admit, and I, I mean, let me know also if I'm wrong, though, because I could be, but I go back and it was just USC. The Pac-12 was USC football for a very long time. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of other competition. Oh, who's going to the who's going to the playoffs? It's USC. Oh, who's going from the Pac-12? It's USC. How about this year? It's USC. You know what I mean? Like well, it was no, USC for so long, and then maybe, you know, the sanctions had something to do with it. And I, I know that you're right, but well, I, I think fir- that still I is, it, is, it, is it is it only because of that? Is it only because of that? Well, it's not only. However, it's a big thing, and I am a firm believer that, and I know that Oregon fans, Stanford fans, anybody that's not a USC fan in the Pac-12 is going to get mad at me when I say this, but. I am a firm believer of when USC is relevant, that's when the Pac-12, or at the time, the Pac-10, is relevant. Because it's Hollywood. Like, Pete Carroll, the main thing he had that he could use was, you know what? This is Hollywood, baby. You can come and look at that. Snoop Dogg's on the field and... All these guys are, you get to live the Hollywood life. It's kind of like in that 30 for 30 um, that they had about USC. Lendell White was even talking about how, yeah, you know what? It was one of those things where, yeah, I mean, you're getting that kind of, you're kind of like pros without being pros. And I'm looking at some of the recruiting classes, like where they ranked between 2000 and 
10 and between 2014. I'll run you guys through it really quick, and it's going to be interesting to see this. In 2010, they were, this was, okay, June 2010 is when it hit, so it was right before that. They still had a top three recruiting class, and I'm getting this from um, 247 or 247sports.com. They were the third best recruiting class, brought in 23 recruits, five of them, or four of them were five-star talents. Then if we go ahead just one year, let's go ahead to 2011. They stay right pat at number three overall. However, of their 29, the more interesting thing to note is that five-star caliber recruit drops from three of them to just one of them. And then in 2012, it kind of takes a bigger hit. They go down to ninth overall in the nation. Still, only one top five recruit. Then if we go further to 2013, they are all the way down at number 13 and have completely fallen out of the top 10. And then finally in 2014, this is when the sanction would have ended, they move themselves back up to 10 where it's one of those things where, yes, you're in Hollywood, you're still going to be able to bring kids in because of where you are in the world and where you are in the U.S., But when you're dropping down from three all the way to outside the top 10 and then getting back up into 10, that's not, I mean, the only reason they were able to kind of stay afloat in the rankings, I just feel where they are. However, you look on the football field and that talent didn't really, it didn't really transfer over when you've got other teams that are bringing in better recruits and kind of stealing some away from you guys. Plus, it didn't help that, I mean, I mean, the whole Steve Sarkeesian fiasco that we saw last year didn't really help. You guys, now that the sanctions are over, I believe you guys, we talked about Coach Helton in the past when he got the job full-time as the head coach. I think he's the guy that can help right the ship. Is he the guy that's going to bring them to the big, like, where they were with Pete Carroll? He might not be that guy. Maybe the next guy. But I believe Helton with Brown can start that kind of wheel turning in the right direction. And again, you got to remember, in 2010, a two-year postseason ban came down. They lost 30 scholarships over three years. That's huge. In the vacation of all wins in which Bush participated as an ineligible player. It has been a lot to overcome for USC. It has been a lot. And it has probably felt like an eternity for USC fans. Mm-hmm. But I think now this year, you're right, Ricky. This is and can be and hopefully will be the fresh start that they need. And they do need one because of all that. Because of all that. Because of everything that you went talked about and went through. Because just this team is too good and has too much good history behind it to live in that crap forever. They need to come out. They need to come out on top. And uh, I personally uh, don't have them winning the Pac-12, but they need to prove me wrong and they need to fly right to the top because that will help get USC back on the map in a good way because they've been on the map in a bad way for too long now. They got a chance to get back to their title game. They just have to. The main hurdle they need to get over is Josh Rosen and those UCLA Bruins. The rival from UCLA is who they got to get over this year. Yeah, absolutely they do. Absolutely they do. And I think that it's going to be a whole lot different than when uh, USC played UCLA in mm-hmm. 2011 and whooped them 50 to nothing. Yeah, it ain't going to be like that this That year. game's going to be a whole lot different. There could be 50 points scored by one team, but the maybe other one combined. might score 49. Yeah, maybe combined this year. But USC fans, Trojan fans, Trojan Nation, I want to hear what you guys have to say down below in the comment section whether you are listening on blogtalkradio.com or are listening to us on our YouTube page. We're going to move on, however, into our final discussion. And this is kind of a broader discussion, like me and Brandon mentioned in our kind of pre-banter to the podcast, was football starting up. College football is starting up later this week. And it is Friday. We have Hawaii going up against Cal. It's going to be the first game of the season. 
before we have to wait till next Thursday for the real start to the season. But we're going to be talking about some teams that are sleepers. Last week we gave you teams that can make the playoffs, guys who could win the Heisman, then our national championship picks. We've been going through our top 25 individual team previews the last month of time here on MVP. So now we're going to give you teams maybe we haven't talked about, some sleepers. And Brandon, I'm going to throw one out for you to talk about because this is your conference, who I think is going to be a sleeper, the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, the Auburn Tigers. And I think that uh, people thought that last year too. I think that people thought, okay, Auburn could could come out of the gate they gotta and just— back. they got to get back. they got to get back. I, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people really thought that they could come out and surprise some people last season, and they did. Uh, but they, because they weren't very good at all. I mean, they struggled. I mean, they struggled against some teams who they should not have struggled against. And I think one of them is quarterback. That's huge for them. They need to find an answer at quarterback. Jeremy Johnson stunk last year. He was horrible. He was really bad. And he was supposed to be a, a possible... And I don't know if he was in top five, top ten to begin the season or whatever, but he was a he was a possible Heisman Trophy candidate. I think at the beginning of the season, that's how much talking about a Heisman at the beginning of the season matters because something will happen, it won't go like that, and you'll have something someone completely different, and that person will be long out of the running. But they need to find the answer at quarterback. That's for sure. Junior college transfer John Franklin the third could possibly be a guy who, you know who is, is trying right? to. You know who that is, right? I know you haven't watched the Netflix series, but I showed you a little bit of it when you were over at my house a week or two ago. He's the guy from that uh, the Eastern Mississippi yeah. documentary. Yeah, Last I know who you're talking you. about now. Yeah, he's the guy that was at Florida State two years ago. Then went to East Mississippi, and now he's at Auburn. He's the key. He is the key for this team because, and now I'm going to put a disclaimer on this. I'm only halfway through Last Chance You Started watching it, watched the first three episodes, got super busy. Haven't been able to finish the last three. However, my kind of take on John Franklin the third, where I am right now, is he? he's either really good or he lets his mind get to him and he makes bonehead mistakes. That's why he's going to be the reason. He can either make this offense go or he could be the one to hinder it. And then last year, too, for uh, for Auburn, they dismiss their top running back, Javon Robinson, and defensively they were 10th in yards allowed per play last season. So they have got to get better there, that's for sure. And on the ground, they've got Kerryon Johnson and Carl Lawson, uh, excuse me, Kerryon Johnson at uh, running back, and then Carl Lawson on the defensive side, on the D-end, and that's another thing that needs to, to really happen for them, the Auburn Tigers being them, and defense. Defense definitely is going to be key for them, especially getting better than what they were last year. They really have a horrible schedule, though. Uh, they're going to start off uh, with Clemson, and then they go on the road to Ole Miss, Georgia, and Alabama, and that is screaming nightmare uh, for Auburn. But if they can compete uh win any of those games i i think that they win one of them they mm. win one of those games i don't know who it's against but i think they win one of them uh for sure but this is a team that definitely could could be a sleeper is a sleeper if they can just really kind of shore up some of those spots those three spots that i talked about quarterback running back and then defense overall defense uh they could be a team that kind of pops out of nowhere this year i'm going to ask you this question i'm not going to ask you the question of before you give me your sleeper because i kind of put my sleeper onto you i'm going to ask you one last question about auburn it's not going to be who should start it's just going to be if you're gus malzahn do you give the keys to i'm not going to call it a porsche because alabama would be the porsche do you give the keys to the maserati Maybe that's a little bit... Do you give the keys to this really nice car, a Toyota, Toyota Highlander, to James Franklin, John Franklin? Uh, I would. I would because I think that Jeremy Johnson, he just struggled so poorly last year, and I, I, I think that you want someone new. I think you want someone different because Johnson really, really did not do well 
Now, I think it would be, you know, you throw sophomore Sean White in there as well, but I think it would be more Franklin versus Johnson. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Franklin has a chance to actually overtake Johnson, especially with the way that Johnson played last year. I mean, I hate to harp on it. I am doing it. But uh, I, I just, I was so unimpressed with him. And he let so many people down, including the hardcore Auburn fans, it was it was just not very good at all. He had a horrible performance, I think, overall last season. Give me your sleeper. Who's one of your sleepers? And now one of my season? sleepers, uh, Penn State. And I said this a while back. Uh, you know, I think that uh, they're a team that is definitely trying to get better, trying to turn a corner. They're another team. We just got done talking about USC not too long ago. They're another team trying to turn the corner and get rid of some sanctions and things like that. That had come down against them, and they've been so muddled by the Jerry Sandusky and everything that had happened there for a couple of years. Now I think that they've gotten to the point where, hey, you know what? We're just trying to play football. We're a football team. Our past isn't in the past, and hopefully we have a bright future ahead. But Penn State, I think that we have a possible sleeper in them. I'm going to take your Big Ten team and raise you another one. You ready for this one? You're not even going to talk about them? Well, I, mean, I talked about your fucking fine. team. With Penn State, to me, they have to have a good season. This isn't a, like, are they going to be a sleeper? It's they have to, because if I'm Penn State and you don't have a good season, hey, James Franklin, get the fuck out of here. That's what I'm saying. Like, with them, they have to have a good season. It's one of those things. I'm not really high on them. I don't think that they're going to do all too well in the Big Ten because, like I said, James Franklin hasn't done anything to improve this team. And also, they have to go up against Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa. I think they lose all those games. I mean, Michigan's in Ann Arbor. That's a loss. Yeah, you get you get Iowa, Ohio State, and Michigan State at home, but those teams are good enough to beat you in your home house. So to me, it's one of those things where it's like you're gonna lose those four games, you're not going to a playoff. Is being a sleeper team is like six wins a sleeper team? Would that be sleeper for Penn State? No. Because because no. the, the team I was gonna raise you a six win team a six win season is a sleeper. Miami. No, it's a Big Ten ah. team. It's a Big Ten team. Come on. Same colors. Well, kind of. It's got orange in the color. Illinois. Illinois, baby. Gosh, you I, always want to talk about them. Well, I haven't been able to talk about them in recent weeks, but to me, they're going to be, and I'm going to put this disclaimer on this sleeper. Are they going to be a playoff team? No. no. Are they going to be that. a double-digit win team? No. But if they get 6-6... Six and six, that's being a sleeper in my mind with new head coach Lovey Smith. I think this is going to be a recharge season for West Lunt. I look at it and I go Murray State, West Western Michigan, Purdue, Rutgers, Minnesota for sure wins. Then all you got to do is either beat Nebraska or Northwestern on the road. And I think that Lovey can get the boys playing for that last game in Nor- Northwestern to really take back Chicago. And get a six and six season. That's a sleeper for Illinois. Give me another one for you. Oh my gosh, Illinois! I'm telling you. How I, about, you knew I had to throw them in there sometime before we got to actual. Football. How about this? Here's a team you love to jizz all over, Texas. Okay. Oh, Texas! <laughs> there you go. Oh. There you go. He just had to change his pants. This is a team where I feel like they got to make that first statement coming out the door, and just like we talked about Auburn, it all starts at the quarterback. Quarterback position. Who are you going to start at quarterback? I feel like right now there are three teams where it's like you got to name a quarterback sooner rather than later. That time is ticking. Number one is Notre Dame. Is it going to be Zaire? Is it going to be Kaiser? The second one is a team we already talked about in Auburn. Come on, Gus. You got to make that decision. It's like my grandmother used to say, either shit or get off the pot. That's what you got to do. And then the third one is Texas. Come on, Charlie, give us your starting quarterback. Because like we talked about with USC, they made the decision. Hey, we're going to go with Brown. He's the guy. Now they can work with this guy, with this offense, getting ready for X game, a big game against Alabama. And both Texas and Notre Dame, I mean, the only thing helping Texas is that their first opponent's Notre Dame, and they haven't named a starter either. I... 
you know, I don't expect that we're going to see anything like we saw last year in the Texas Notre Dame game, but uh, I do still expect the Notre Dame wins that one. And Texas, can they be worse than last year? Yeah, probably they could win no games, but I, I think that the Texas definitely is a sleeper. I think that they are a team that people will be hopefully pleasantly surprised with this year. Well, and that's all about the Big 12 because I am, I may be on the outside on this opinion, but I think Baylor's going to take a huge step back with everything that's happened. New head coach, they're going to take a huge step back. And really, it's just, I think Texas can overcome either Oklahoma State or TCU. They can overcome one of them at most. But are we going to see a Texas team that becomes a sleeper, wins the Big 12? Probably not. As of right now, I would say Oklahoma wins the Big 12. It's probably going to be a tie and not outright with Oklahoma State, then Texas, then TCU, or TCU-Texas. That's how it's going to go. Those Texas teams fighting for third, the Oklahoma teams at the top, and I'm sorry, Kansas, you're still at the bottom. But another one I'm looking at is you brought him up. You thought I was going to bring him up before, so let's talk about him right now. We've talked about him in the past. The Miami Hurricanes. And Mark Rick, it's interesting because this season he's got a quarterback in place to a potential Heisman winning quarterback in place. I feel like this year is going to be a, hey, I'm going to prove that I could do the job that Al Golden couldn't but then really hit that recruiting trail and bring in my guys to say, boom, here's my system for most likely 2019 because you bring in a recruit, you really don't see that next coach, maybe 2018, because you don't see that next coach's real impact until that third season, which would be the 2018 season. But he's got a good quarterback in place. He's got a potential Heisman winning quarterback in place. If you guys listen to the Onside Kick or the Primetime Podcast, you know that I love my quarterback position. I think they are the best and most important position on the football field. And I think Miami could be maybe first, but probably second in their side of the uh, ACC. It's either them or North Carolina. Well, Brad Kaya is one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and he'll probably prove that this year. Uh, I think they have a really good offense. Defense, however, that's that's the spot that will hold this team back. Mm-hmm. And that's the spot where if you're talking about laying some groundwork, you lay it this year, and then you improve on it next year, and then you're really good the third year. So I think that that's something that they will want to look for. But I think that this is a team that could definitely surprise in the ACC. I'm going to throw one more out there, and this is because the article I'm looking at um, for some sleepers on SI.com. They have this team listed as a sleeper. I think this team's going to be more of a dud this year. I want to get your opinion on it. The Aggies from Texas A&M. I think they're going to be a dud. They're a team that I've gone back and forth with. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just not sure with them. I'll be honest with you. I'm just not sure with Texas A&M because... You almost think, yes, could they be a sleeper? Absolutely. But I think that's probably all that they are because just they've had some definite questions, uh, you know, around a lot of the different things But uh, that, with, with that team. Honestly, they are a team that has me just scratching my head because mm-hmm. their quarterbacks seem to want to leave them all the time and they can never stick with someone consistent. And I just, I don't know if they have... Uh, gosh, I don't, I, Trevor Knight is going to be their guy quarterback. We he's think a, maybe. he's a transfer. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know if they're going to have enough overall to take on a team like an Alabama, take on a team like a a Clemson or you know an an Ole Miss or anything like that. I don't know if they're going to have the wherewithal to with to withstand that. But you know, we'll definitely see. They're going to see UCLA, Auburn, Arkansas, and Tennessee. And that's going to be a really interesting stretch of of games for them. Which uh, it, it, I mean it could be tough. But Texas AM, I think out of a lot of the teams that we talked about outside of Illinois who we know they're not going to be that good because they I just weren't, wanted to bring they, them up. They weren't good. They weren't they wins. weren't that good 
but now Lovey Smith has them, so he's going to try and cha- mm-hmm. t- change some things. But I don't think they're good enough to actually get them into the discussion of okay, here they come. They'll be going out for ice cream after games. I think that'll be next year. I think that'll be next year. Not for the ice cream. The ice cream is always going to happen. It should. Well, ice I mean, great. yeah. They, I mean, but Rex Grossman always got ice cream after games. You could tell he sucked. But um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, next year for Illinois, I think that's when we start talking about them. It's okay, Wes. You can go out there. You can get all the ice cream you want. But I think for Texas A&M, this is a team more where you're kind of like, okay, you know, what's going on this year? And Kevin Sumlin, his ass is on the hottest seat. Well, and before we wrap this up, two things. Uh, Number one, let me know what you thought of my Lovey Smith impersonation. I know it's not the best, but I've been working on it for a while now. And before we wrap up shop here, Brandon, uh, I believe, I don't think we did this last week because we were all hyped up about making predictions and Ricky giving the kiss of death, but your two-minute, or I guess we could just call it your pop culture minute, but it's not really a minute. It's just uh, Brandon talking about something that's not college football. What do you got for us today? So here's here's one funny meme, and, and folks, I, I hope you've seen it. It is a picture of Ryan Lochte. It's from Esquire. It's a picture of Ryan Lochte. He's in a Speedo, and it says, it's Speedo, colon, it supports a lot of dicks, but it has its limits. And that was it. So Ryan Lochte, you dumb, dumb fuck, because why are you lying about getting robbed? And it just completely backfired on you. What was really the point of that one, my man? What was really the point? So now Speedo has dropped you, and so has, gosh, so has something else. Another big name company has dropped him as well. So Ryan Lochte, mm. You represented America well for a while, and then you went and became a dumbass. That's all I got. Well, and that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast. Let us know down below in the comment section what you thought about anything we talked about today. Brandon's uh, Pop Culture Minute on Ryan Lochte. Playoffs, or not playoff sleepers, just general sleepers for college football. Max Brown being the quarterback at USC. And then the whole situation going down with Notre Dame in there suspensions let us know down below in the comment section if you're listening on blog talk radio i want to thank you guys for checking out the podcast make sure to hit that follow button and hit us up on itunes to follow the primetime podcast on itunes and you can also save the url blogtalkradio.com backslash primetime podcast i almost threw the the in there but it's just primetime podcast if you're on youtube hit that like and subscribe button and remember if you're on soundcloud as of october 1st we are going to be no longer on soundcloud just on blog talk radio that's going to do it for the primetime podcast this week i want to thank you guys for listening for brandon and myself have a good day everybody thank you for listening to this mvp podcast follow us on twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts